0: What's up, everybody? This is episode 106 of the ClapperCast. The first couple of weeks in November have gone by. I'm Burke, and as always, joined by my co-host Sean. Sean, what's going on, man?
1: Yeah, I'm still sitting here laughing at that clip of uh, Rasmus Stalin trying to trying to shoot the puck in frustration, and he just whiffs on it and falls down. At the, uh, whiffs on it and falls down at the net.
0: Yeah, it was kind of a two for one Wombo combo because we also had the Mike Hoffman trying to chase down a puck going into the empty net and then just like exploding into the boards and falling over. Yeah. Too. So there was two in one one <laughs> week. It was kind of funny.
1: Just a, just a bad week for the guy.
0: Yeah, a couple of banana peels out there. Yeah. Um, is there I mean, is
1: there anything else that is more Buffalo than than those two clips though?
0: Um, uh, probably not. I mean. <laughs> That pretty much sums it up, I guess. But, um, I mean, speaking of Buffalo, fans of the team, their weight was finally over. Jack Eichel was traded. Uh, you know, his his weight is over. His his watch is over. Um, he uh, can get that surgery that he wants finally because he was traded to the Vegas Golden Knights. And uh, a 2023 third-round pick joins him going to Vegas. And Buffalo got Alex Tuck, who is also hurt right now, but should be back before Eichel is. Uh Peyton Krebs, a uh, pretty young player that's um you know should have a promising future in the NHL. He's basically to-
1: Vegas's top prospect who was immediately sent down to the AHL as well.
0: Yeah. Uh twenty twenty two conditional first, which is top ten protected uh, and a 2023 conditional second. So, what uh what do you think? How did Buffalo make out?
1: Not great. I I don't know. I'm not huge on the return that they got for for a player like Eichel. Um now I understand that with the fact that he's injured, you don't know, you know, for sure if when and how good he's going to be when he gets back, is he going to be is this going to be a recurring thing over his career like there's a lot of factors that play into the return on that but i mean alex tuck is probably what a midline forward like 30 40 point guy mostly um krebs has a high ceiling but hasn't been great in vegas in his first little little stint there um and then you get a couple of a couple of higher draft picks and factor into that these are vegas draft picks so they're probably going to be like bottom 10 in the first in the first round
0: yeah um I don't know, I think Buffalo did okay, but it's definitely not I don't think this is gonna turn out to be like the Matt Duchesne trade or anything. No, no. Um that was a better return. <laughs> <laughs> um you know, or like the Eric Carlson trade or anything like that. Um but yeah, it's um I mean, they got something for him. It was yeah. pretty much guaranteed Jack Eichel was never gonna play for Buffalo again. Yeah, and so there was basically he was going to get like file a grievance with the NHLPA, so yeah, you know that would have that could have been a very long, ugly, drawn-out process. So, you know, it's good that they got something for him, and that for Jack Eichel, he can just get that surgery and and move on.
1: Yeah, and at a certain point, like the player, he honestly ended Jack Eichel ended up having a lot of leverage in this situation, and it kind of handcuffed the Sabers and what they could do because I don't think every single team was okay with him getting that surgery that he wanted. It just so happened that Vegas and uh, the other team that was in at the end Calgary were two teams that were okay with it so that ended up reducing the amount of teams that would uh that would trade for him as well which ultimately it just ends up lowering the return because you can only do so much when you're forced to trade someone to a certain a certain spot unless you're Ken Holland of course when he's forced to uh <laughs> acquire Duncan Keith for for so much for nothing
0: yeah and i think like the honestly probably the most valuable thing out of this for for buffalo is just the cap space like, they can get somebody else in who can play like top six, you know. Um, so they can spread that money around a bit. Um, you know, having a guy on the on your team for like ten million. <laughs> is...
1: It helps them afford Jeff Skinner.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, but you know, like their team's looking okay. They're pro- they're kind of on the downward trajectory now, but you know, it's over finally um it was the biggest story that was pending in the nhl for a while so now it's off off of everyone's minds there it's just you know get a couple other guys you know tucks a fast skater who can you know add a bit more scoring talent to that that i don't know middle six top six whatever in buffalo um the middle six is the top six in buffalo it's yeah it's all middle six (laughs) um Although I will say the Buffalo just played Washington and Cody Eakin got like a fucking snipe show goal against uh, the Capitals. So, you know, the power of the the ginger mullet struck. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that was probably like the highlight of the game for them because they otherwise lost. Um, but I don't know. I mean, like it's over. They've, they've moved on. Um, it's not like a amazing deal for them but you know, you you've always said you're never really going to get market value for a player like that anyway. And, exactly. You know, like you said, Eichel had so much leverage here. It's like I'm not I'm not going to play with you. I'm going to file a grievance. You know, I want what I want. I want the surgery. Yeah. And you know, it came down to a couple teams were willing to take that risk with Eichel with a surgery because it's never been done for a professional athlete before. Hockey um, and player. So, I think
1: it's been done for someone in like UFC or MMA or something like that.
0: Yeah. So. I don't know. If you want to count UFC whatever, but um no like professional athlete essentially except for someone who gets beat up for a living um has had this done. Um and so how, how is his body going to react to that? How is it going to take the day in day out grind of playing hockey and practicing yep. and getting hit? Um how is it you know? going to
1: hold up to the long term? The long term physicality of playing hockey?
0: Yeah, so that's that's a huge risk, especially at the the dollar amount that he he's at. You know, he hasn't played hockey for a while, and before his injury, he looked bad last yeah. last year. Um, and
1: Vegas also isn't going to get him until
0: probably, probably late February. Yeah, yeah like after he, sometime, the sometime um, Olympic break or something. Yeah,
1: I don't think he's gonna be ready for the Olympic break at this point, especially because he hasn't played in so long. There's no way he's gonna be heading off for that.
0: So now we just be. So if Eichel comes back, <laughs> Vegas has a projected <laughs> top line of basically Eichel, Stone, and Patcheri. If they all come back from injury and look good, what do you think of that line?
1: <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> like that is that is just absurd to think that those three are those three could be on the same line. Yeah, <laughs> like. That's just going to be like that top six in Vegas: Pacioretty, Eichel, Stone, Carlson, O. Smith. That is just absurd. The amount of talent, the amount of skill, the the two way, the two way prowess that those two lines possess. That it's just unreal.
0: Yeah that that's gonna be gross. Um, I think it's a a slight upgrade from like you know. Chandler Stevenson and what Brett Howden <laughs> to <That's your, laughs> two, two uh, uh, centers yeah. right now. i um, to remember
1: that, that lineup I sent you a few days ago when everyone was injured. And it's just like, who are all these players? They don't have anything going for them right now.
0: Yeah. Uh, and so they're going to have an absolutely gross team. But the, the question right now that kind of everyone is asking is how are they going to make that work? Because they have they just added 10 million in salary uh and you know alex tuck was already hurt and he's uh, like about like 4.5 or something and it was going to be a stretch for them to fit him in you know if everyone was healthy yeah uh and so do you think they're going to have to make a move to (laughs) to bring eichel in once he's off of ir if he comes back before playoffs
1: they they're going to have to um they're going to have to do some some weird trades at the deadline and they're basically just going to be dumping like I, am targeting looking like Vinny Dadanov in his five million dollars is probably going to be sent out for nothing. Um, you know, someone like Matias Janmark or hell even Chandler Stevenson. Now that they have the center upgrade, you know those guys are two two point seven five million there. Um, you can look at Shea Theodore and Alec Martinez as well at five point two and five point two five as as another easy one to trade. Probably get some decent stuff in return to help the prospect pool, but that's also you know. Trade out one of those two defenders with Dadanov, and you've probably fixed the cap situation.
0: Yeah, and you know, I think we've talked about this before, but Vegas has never been scared to just ship somebody out. So, yeah. um, you know, if I'm one of those other players that's not basically not Patcheretti Stone or Reichel or Petrangelo, you've probably got to be shaking in your boots a little bit, being like, Am I going to be gone? Yeah um because you know they were willing to get rid of flurry who just won the for For, for, nothing yeah literally nothing (laughs) and then like schmidt was like you know a fifth or something it's like all right bye we got petrangelo um so you know they're they're gonna just dump somebody like you said i think they're gonna have to yeah um and yeah i think you know stevenson i think has found a really nice home there he has a lot of speed and stuff but You know, like you said, that top six, there's not really spots for him. And I think a a team would really like a guy like him. You know, I was kind of surprised he wasn't included in the trade to begin with to Buffalo. Um, But I think maybe just, you know, where they're at right now, they kind of need someone to provide a little bit of offense.
1: Yeah, Vegas still needs that center at this point. Yeah. With all the injuries, they still kind of need Stevenson because he's so versatile for them. He can play top line with their best players. He can play middle six with whoever's whoever's healthy.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, if I am a if I am a team in the NHL right now, I am kind of salivating at the thought of maybe sneaking someone like Shea Theodore off of that team uh, for pretty cheap. Uh, You know, especially with the amount of picks and prospects that Vegas has given up lately, Um, well, since they were around, really, um, you know, they might. They might take a an offer with a couple picks and a prospect for someone like Shea Theater just to free yeah. up, you know, oh, five yeah.
1: mil. I'm sure Vegas would like to to get another uh, another first round pick and a and a decent forward prospect because they've traded all their prospects and a lot of their picks away. So they don't really have anybody uh, anybody to come and supplement the team over over time here because like yeah, their core is hitting their you know, kind of the, the peaks of their careers are just over the top of it and they're not really going to have anyone to replace it. So that window is going to start closing very, very quickly on them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be challenging to, I think it's going to be challenging for them to get rid of people that they would want to get rid of at this point, bringing everybody in. Like, I don't know, someone like Braden McNabb or, you know, like I don't know how much of a market there is for him compared to someone like Theodore, right? So it's like they might have to give up someone that they might necessarily not want to, but if it's between, like, Theodore and Eichel, it's like, yeah, you know, you're going to bring Eichel in. But there is a chance that they just pull, you know, number one bullshit and have (laughs) Eichel come back first round of playoffs if they make it to playoffs um, to just come in and just have, like, an absolute super team. Um, So... I think if that happens again, it's, it's NHL's oh, really got to figure something out there. I'm
1: surprised they didn't do anything to the LTIR and the cap hit stuff in the playoffs over the last offseason. So if Vegas is going to manipulate that in their advantage again this year, I mean, hell, even Tampa could with, with Kucherov being out as well. We'll see what happens near the trade deadline if uh, Tampa tries some more number one bullshit stuff and, <laughs> and get gets, gets some loading up for the playoffs again. But they the NHL has to step in at a certain point, like neither of these teams are breaking any rules. They're just really, really manipulating what's available to them uh, yeah. and and kind of defeating the purpose of a lot of it, just storing guys on LTIR for for extra cap space.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's just it is number one bullshit. It's the I think the biggest issue that's is facing the league that's not like a scandal. You know, Um, (laughs) it's the biggest like rules (laughs) thing. Yeah, that's that's kind of in the face of the league right now. Um, But yeah, it's it's just gross to look at the, you know, the projected roster of, of Vegas. If everyone was healthy and everyone was able to play like just an absolute powerhouse of a team.
1: You know, what's fun is the NHL official social media accounts were putting out like the projected roster if everyone were healthy right now or when everyone's healthy. And the projected roster that they're promoting is ten million dollars over the cap and doesn't have a backup goalie. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm looking at that and like, okay, so the NHL is basically like okaying the number one bullshit mentality of just manipulate of just you know icing ten million dollars over the cap.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Way to go, social media guy. Yeah. Um. (laughs) It's it's funny because you know like Vegas when they've had all these injuries they've been having to like. You know, they did it last year. They're doing it this year. They're having to, like, ice, like, less than a full roster. They're having to, like, you know, have have guys that play defense play, like, forward and weird yeah. shit. So it's, like, if they do get to that point, they're not going to have a full roster. It's going to be, like, you know, Eichel, Pacioretty, Stone will play, like, 25 minutes. Oh, exactly. <laughs> that Carlson line will play, like, 25 minutes. And then you'll have, like, Matthias, Janmark, Chandler, Stevenson, and, like, you know nick law or someone like (laughs) play like the rest of the minutes and they won't be able to have a fourth line because they won't be cab compliant
1: exactly so they're they're gonna end up having to roll like (laughs) 10 forwards five defenders and not even dress a backup
0: (laughs) yeah it's gonna be like beer league where it's like you got like eight guys that show up (laughs) it's like all right this is our crew like let's see if we can beat like you know the dallas stars tonight probably you know like (laughs) we're vegas why not (laughs) Yeah, so it's it's an interesting move for Vegas, um, and I did want to just kind of uh, talk briefly, not spend a whole lot of time on it, but just with that rumored offer from the Calgary Flames oh, and yeah. how thankful Calgary Flames fans must be that that was not real um, oh, or never man. panned out um, because it was offered, it was like Matthew Kachuk, a, f- a former first, so probably like Monaghan, another first and like a prospect or something. Two prospects. Two so, prospects. It's like, yeah, like the team's like so hot right now. Like they're, they're, you know, they're kind of in a race with Oilers for like top of the division and yeah, you're going to just like completely mortgage the rest of your season for Jack Eichel. Like, yeah. <laughs> what?
1: Yeah. So that so, was, that was some, I wonder who, uh, who leaked it or who, who did that? Cause like Kevin Weeks tweeted the rumored Calgary offer. And I'm wondering, like, who, who fed him that info or who kind of told him to, to send that out?
0: It was probably Vegas.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, like, oh, yeah, this is what the other offer is. And then other teams are like, oh, well, if that's the offer, you know, we have no chance. So then Vegas had their, like, you know, lowball offer that got accepted. <laughs>
1: yeah. But, I mean, as, as an Oilers fan here, I would be quite happy with that because we would no longer have to play uh, Matthew Kachuk all those times every year. That would be nice.
0: <laughs> but then you would hear every battle of Alberta, Eichel versus McDavid, first versus second. Like even could... all the time. Yeah.
1: <laughs> we'd get the we'd get the uh the Crosby Ovechkin rivalry special on those two.
0: Yeah, where the players don't give a shit but like the media hypes it up. Yeah. yeah. But it would be sure... fun to
1: hear uh here in all the Battle of Alberta as Connor's better in the
0: arena. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I mean like it's I mean, I'm sure it'll be interesting when Vegas plays Edmonton. But um, anyway, um, I guess we should, speaking of Edmonton, we should probably just mention McDavid is absolutely gross. Uh, That that goal. goal. (laughs) That's like goal of the century right there. Yeah, that was insane. That was literally beer league. Like, you know, a guy who's (laughs) played like junior playing against like a bunch of like house players. That's the shit that happens. Oh, yeah just going through the like whole other four, team, basically. four guys
1: and the goalie in his own just they just can't even touch him
0: yeah he's just like that totally next caliber it's yeah. just insane oh, yeah. um
1: see the fun part the other fun part about that game this this goal that we're talking about happened against uh edmonton oilers versus new york rangers and it uh earlier in this game it was 4-1 the 4-1 rangers Leon Dreisaitl apparently skated past (laughs) one of the Rangers, and he was like, hold on, it's coming. (laughs) And then Edmonton scores like three goals in the next 10 minutes or something to tie it up.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's just just such a a, a great show of whatever confidence and energy is flowing around that dressing room right now.
0: Yeah, I saw a thing, and it was like, Dreisaitl is such like a – antithesis of like mcdavid like personality wise yeah. he's just got the, like that cockiness yeah of, like he's you know, got that... the
1: cheeky cockiness and it's it's not like an overconfidence thing it's like he's just cheeky about it
0: he just knows how good he is and yeah. how good mcdavid is and then like mcdavid when he was asked about the goal he's like yeah you know i got a job to do and i, I did it yeah
1: <laughs> i I'm paid to score big goals yeah
0: so i did it it's like okay yeah it was gross. We all saw that fucking yeah. picture of you being like, "Whoa <laughs> like, McDavid I just is all did of that. us right now. And he's got this like,
1: <laughs> this uh, absolutely shocked face, uh, shocked expression on his face when he scored that goal. And it's like, yeah, you're all of us right now. Yeah. How the hell all of us you saw that? you
0: just dangle four people who you made look like pylons. Yeah. Uh, <laughs>
1: like, they basically, the way they were flapping their sticks around, trying to get hold of him in any way, was just like those flamingos bouncing up and down for, for water.
0: You know what it reminded me of um, a little bit of is, you know, like Hockey Night in Canada, how they used to have that intro where it showed, like, that Lemieux goal where he, like, stick handles through some guys on, like, the North Stars or something, and he, like, falls over, and then, like, he, like, goes to his knees and scores. Kind of reminded me of that because it like, just goes through, like, the entire team, and it's like, yeah, just no like, problem. yeah,
1: no effort, just just goes.
0: And, uh, you know, like, the, the Mario-Yager connection here, uh, I think – you'll probably know this stat better than me, but, you know, Dryside and McDavid are, you know, the first players since, I think, Mario and Jager yeah. to have such a hot start, right? Yeah, it's
1: like 20 points in the first nine games or something, the first time since Mario and Jager did that. The the one that I saw was 95-96, but I think it was done more recently by those two um, as well. But, you know, just as a, either either way, like as a reference of how, out of this world those two players are mcdavid and dry this season
0: yeah it's been it's just been absolutely dominant it's so fun to watch you know they're just so exciting and dangerous um now that mcdavid has a one-timer <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's just so much better <laughs> but yeah i mean a uh, fun time to be an oilers fan for sure and um you know, I know, I know you probably don't like it, but maybe a part of you secretly does. But for me, as kind of a neutral hockey fan, it's exciting to see Edmonton and Calgary kind of doing well at the same time. Oh, it totally um,
1: is. Come on, the Battle of Alberta like is the pinnacle of of hockey for me to watch, and it's you know it's one of those best rivalries in the league. So it's it's not a lot of fun when both teams suck or one team just blows the other other out of the water every game. It's it's always nice when they're actually competitive. So. You know Edmonton and Calgary right now sitting at a one point difference in the standings. It's it's it just brings new meaning to that rivalry because it could very likely have playoff implications. You know, it's just there. It, it's so much more fun to watch when these two teams are are both good at the same time.
0: Yeah, uh, you know Calgary's on like a ten game point streak. Um, like they're seven zero and three during that yeah. time. Jacob Markstrom has been sensational for them. Early um, early Vesna favorite. Yeah, my guy. <laughs> <laughs> Love Markstrom so much. Um so I'm happy I'm happy for him. Um but yeah, they, they've looked really good. Um So so yeah, it's exciting to have them both be you know, competitive because there's there's a number of years there where either one of them was competitive and the other one wasn't or they were both kind of in the bottom and the battle of Alberta was always exciting, but it was like, you know, this...
1: There's never any energy to it. It was yeah. just like another game.
0: Yeah. Um, maybe
1: a couple more hits than normal.
0: So it's kind of fun to have that. Um kind of akin to that, you know, that Philadelphia versus Pittsburgh kind of thing, the battle of Pennsylvania. Um so yeah, it's it's exciting to see. Um
1: what we see we saw uh Mikhail Sergachev with just an incredibly stupid play. Uh he got suspended for two games for an illegal check to the head on Mitch Marner. And it was just it was just such an unnecessary hit an unnecessary play and he just kind of questioned what he was thinking going through following through on that
0: yeah and like you see like Marner getting like hooked down the entire ice too on that right, right before that so he's like getting hooked the entire way and then Sergeyev just comes in from the side and just like blows him up and it's like like why
1: yeah it's and, like, that's just... such a dangerous hit completely unnecessary like the the way that Marner is being held up, you don't even need to go for the body; you just block him, and he's not doing anything.
0: Yeah, he's already being impeded pretty yeah. significantly.
1: It's also Marner; he's not going to physically physically go through someone like Mikhail Sergachev. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I think you can uh, you can outmuscle that guy probably. Yeah, uh, so definitely agree with the suspension. Feel like it was the right number of games.
1: Yeah, um, two games is pretty standard, but it's uh, it's a it's appropriate for this one.
0: Yeah for sure
1: in a surprise to basically nobody we've got brady kachuk who's now captain of the ottawa senators their first captain in a few years i think since since carlson got traded
0: yeah there was an outside chance it was going to be shabbat but just kind of the way that the signing handled was handled with kachuk kind of had a feeling it was going to be him like you know having him with like um with dorian and you know, he had, like, the standing ovation when he signed and he was in the building for the first game. And, like, yeah, it's just, like, what he means to that franchise is it's just so much. And, you know, Shabbat Ch- 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 does mean a lot, too. And he plays, like, you know, half of each game. um, But Kachuk is just, like, a heart and soul guy.
1: Yeah yeah and it's he yeah like you said he means so much to the team he means so much to the organization and he's just the type of player that you want to build around with his play style with what he contributes on the ice as well like he's always physically engaged he's a stat line legend puts up in every (laughs) single stat um he's always trying to get involved like i think on multiple occasions last season he's trying to get into fights with people to spark things um just his his play style it's just everything everything about him just screams captain.
0: Yeah. So really really well picked, I think um well deserved captaincy and I don't think I don't know how many other teams don't have a captain right now. I think it's like what like the the Rangers
1: it's four or five I think. Yeah. I'm trying to remember I'm trying to remember the graphic the league put out.
0: I guess I guess Montreal kind of doesn't have a captain right now um technically on the ice anyway
1: um arizona buffalo calgary and the rangers
0: calgary that's so on each of those teams who do you think is
1: (laughs) arizona i don't think it's worth it at all because i don't think whoever the next captain will be is probably not even on the team right now
0: yeah probably
1: like I can't see they're gonna they're gonna need to shake things up they're gonna need to um bring in a lot of different players and I don't think too many players are even signed out past one the next season or two so there's gonna be so much turnover it's not worth naming a captain um do you do you see anyone else in in Arizona getting that C
0: no I mean like the only guy I think that might be is Chikrin but like I don't know if he's gonna be around like I think we talked about this last episode but it's just like That guy's going to get the green jacket this year. He's already at, like, minus 20. He's got one point. I think it was, like, an assist on, like, a dump-in. And so it's, like, I don't know. (laughs) Like, I don't think anybody, unless you go, like, the meme answer, like, Louis Erickson or something, I don't don't think anyone's going to be. I don't think anyone wants to be captain of that team right now. They don't want to have that on your resume, right? (laughs) Captain the Coyote's going to toss that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Just have like a literal coyote be like the captain of the coyotes, and then you're <laughs> yeah, better why off. Not, right?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then, um, so we got Buffalo. I don't, I mean, I don't know if Dallin's really a, a, a captain type. Um, I don't see him
1: taking control of anything on the ice enough to be a captain quite yet.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't see anybody really that sticks out. Maybe like Opozo or Gergensen or something like that. Um,
1: yeah, they might have like a placeholder captain for a couple of seasons. Someone like Jurgensen who seems to have a lot of respect in the organization and seems to be a bit of a bit of a strong player for them. He's not like a, a star by any means, but um someone that the team, the fans, the the other players seem to really value. So it could be a stopgap for a couple of years until one of the prospects comes up.
0: Yeah, and you know whoever kind of has the voice of the room, right? Like so if it's him or if it's opozo or yeah i don't know somebody else um i could see them naming somebody this year now the whole eichel thing is done. but maybe give it like a like a week or two or something to kind of settle at
1: least if if not even leave it for the season because that's that's kind of a lot of a lot of drama that's been following the organization for a while and just a a total shift in locker room dynamics over the last year so it'd be probably wise just to let it sit let the locker room mesh because they've had a lot of turnover and just kind of see who who emerges as a leader in the room
0: yeah and then uh there's calgary on the list so i think it's probably kachuk
1: absolutely i mean the the fact that they kept him the direction that the team's taking with bringing daryl sutter in with bringing in physical players like coleman gedranson zadorov i think that says to me that they're taking matthew kachuk's side in the you know do we support his antics thing that was happening in the locker room last year and I think it's probably Matthew Kachuk is the the likely captain.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, even if you did want to go with a more skill kind of guy, like I don't, I don't think any of the guys on the team really make sense. So,
1: no, because it'd basically be Monahan or Backland because they've got the A's right now. So I think it'd be one of them getting promoted.
0: Yeah, so it's got to be Matthew Kachuk. And then what was the other team? Uh, the Rangers. Now, that one's kind of interesting because there's a lot of different guys, but, I mean, my pick is probably Kreider. I think he's the the longest-tenured ranger. I don't know how much longer he's going to be there, but there's there's kind of a lot of interesting picks there, whether it's, like, Kreider or Sabanajad or Panarin or something. Um, Yeah.
1: Yeah, they've got a lot of players uh, capable of being a captain, probably.
0: But you remember, like, the whole, like, Tony D'Angelo thing? Apparently it was Kreider that, like, got involved in that. There was, like, that rumor that, like, he kind of, you know, stepped in. And, um, yeah. So it seems like he's kind of a well-respected guy. He's been there for a while. He I seems see to be another kind of um, um guy.
1: Yeah, he seems to be another one of those energy, the one of the emotional leaders of the team as well. That uh, they seem to rally around him a lot and... You know, he's always really active on the ice. He's always really engaged with everything going on. So he does seem to be a leading candidate for me as well.
0: Yeah, I wonder when they'll um, pick a captain, because I think it's been a while in, in New York since, what was it, Callahan or McDonough or something like that?
1: Seventeen, eighteen, according to Wikipedia. So, yeah, it'd be...
0: been a hot minute. <laughs> I mean, at this point, like they're they're rolling. So, do they need to pick one? <laughs> exactly.
1: Like that's the thing, too. It's like these locker rooms are all gonna function. They're like the the people who are leaders are gonna be leaders, regardless of if they have the C on their jersey.
0: Yeah, but who's gonna talk to the ref? It's
1: <laughs> <laughs> Just gonna be Gallant yelling from the bench.
0: <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs>
1: but no, I guess like they have they have like six players rotating through the A's right now. Um you know Panera and criders advantaged strom Guro and truba
0: oh yeah, so they got they got a good mix there, yeah of forwards defense role players star players kinda, yeah kind of interesting there kind of hit
1: all the all the different segments of the roster, yeah um. Uh, earlier today, the Anaheim Ducks placed uh, Executive VP and General Manager Bob Murray on administrative leave, pending the results of an investigation into unprofessional uh, conduct. So we don't know a whole lot right now. Darren Dreger speculates it's basically one of those—it was, like, him being um, intimidating and threatening to staff. Hmm. So threatening job security and stuff along that lines of where he just— Just being a real dick in the office, basically.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's kind of what it sounds like. Yeah, so Um, we'll
1: we'll have to wait and see. There's obviously no information out right now. The investigation is ongoing, so we can't really do much other than reports or pass on tweets that we've seen. But um, it's just yet another one. I mean... (laughs) It's just, I tweeted this earlier on the account, but it's just that gift from Futurama of like zero days since the last accident Fry's trying to hammer up the one and it just misses. He just puts it into his hand and it's back to zero.
0: Yeah. Yeah. NHL, if you're listening, I have a perfect, immaculate track record. Have never had any incidents. (laughs) I am definitely willing to work for an organization. Call me up. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I've got a business degree. I can, I can, join the team. Get me in there.
1: Yeah, that's that's the way to that's the way to break in. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I am not a creepy old man that has a lot of skeletons <laughs> in my closet and <laughs> you know. <laughs> now you now you just said a lot of skeletons. Does that imply a few? <laughs> no, I have none. I've none. I'm perfect. I've been a perfect boy my entire life. No creepiness, nothing. Nothing to dig up, so give me a job. <laughs> <laughs> I will not have any, you know, slander of the league or anything like that. We'll um, submit
1: this as a video resume for, for yeah. Give Give me placement. in there.
0: Um, so yeah, it's it's just it makes you wonder how many more of these things are going to come up. Yeah. Um, it's it's I think it's overall it's good that these things are coming up because there's like more of a culture of like you know, hey, that person said something, I'm going to say something too because that's. Yeah something similar happened to it's me accountability
1: um, and consequences
0: yeah and seeing that it's you know people are more accepting to hearing that stuff and do something about it so that's that's really awesome to see that people are coming forward with this stuff yeah. because you know it's like any business or industry there's there's things like that that happen that people in the industry know about but people Everyone, outside the no industry one, might not have ever yeah, heard either, about
1: Stuff that they aren't part of, so they can't really say anything, or don't know enough to say anything, or the people involved are just too scared because, like, you have people like Aldrich threatening their jobs, or Bob Murray threatening their jobs. You
0: oh, know? and then they all know each other. Like, you know, look at the Chicago thing. Look at how many teams that have people who were tied with that in their yeah. team, right? So it's like they all know it's, each it's, other. They all know. They, there's probably people who are like blacklisted, and um, you know, yeah, and it's or all blackballed it's all. rather. Um, so it's like an old boys club, right? It's like, yeah. you know, oh, you, you made a stink when you were in Chicago. So now you can never join, you know, Winnipeg or whatever, you know, like it's, that's the sort of stuff that can happen. Yeah. Well, that's, when that's
1: kind of, uh, the whole thing with Akeem Alou. When, when he kind of called out the hazing stuff going on in junior, he just ended up missing out on, on so much and getting blacklisted by, uh, organizations like he he missed out on, on world juniors even though he's one of the best younger players for Canada. You know, it's just stuff like that. You're always worried about it coming back to impact your career in that way. So
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's uh it's sad, but hopefully, you know, whatever needs to get investigated does. Um and we get we get some truth out of it all. Um I guess in a lighter a lighter topic um, did you see the thing where Cole Caulfield's father was he like came out and said he's not very happy with the Utica comets saying they bullied his son over the weekend?
1: Oh god, what was guess, this? I never saw this gu- tweet. Guess what his dad's
0: name is? <laughs> <laughs> it's Paul. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh attention, men named Paul are not allowed to be <laughs> hockey parents.
0: <laughs> yeah, so yeah, it's just so funny. It's like Paul Marner, Paul Caulfield, just you know if there's anybody else in the league whose whose dad's name is Paul, like whoa, look out. Right? <laughs> like And then it's like why why does someone's dad need to come out and say, like, this team bullied my son? I I don't know what the context is. Uh maybe it was a tweet or maybe it was like on the ice, but um
1: Uh, The tweet is the Utica Comets tweeting, uh, Yo, at Cole Caulfield, are you here? Everyone keeps saying you're here, but we haven't noticed. Did you not play the first period? (laughs) And it's since been deleted.
0: Oh, come on. Keep it up. Yeah, professional athlete gets bullied by opposite team. (laughs) Good thing his dad is on watch and can make things better for him. I'm sure nobody in the league will make fun of him for his dad now. <laughs> Way to know, go, Paul!
1: It looks like most—I mean, the tweet got deleted, and a lot of people were trashing Utica for for the for the tweet. So I don't think it's
0: just Paul. Paul Coffield. Still, I mean, it's lighthearted ribbing. It's not a big deal.
1: I feel like the lighthearted ribbing shouldn't imply specific people. You wanna you wanna trash talk with the teams like a lot of the organizations do. That's probably. Fine, but it's like when you start calling out specific players, it's probably have, taking it a bit far.
0: I have no problem with it, personally. It's, I mean, there's probably a lot of people that tweet directly at Cole Caulfield a lot of worse things. Oh so, yeah. <laughs> they're not, you know, organizations, but I feel like, you know, the NBA and other NHL teams and stuff do. Do a lot of do a lot of that, so. It's just funny that his dad has to make a comment on it. Yeah, it's like maybe you get your agent to say something if it bothers you to like the team, not not your dad. <laughs> I doubt I doubt Cole Caulfield told his dad <laughs> to say something, but
1: yeah, I don't see a whole lot of info about this one. Anyway. So it's hard to say exactly where it went, but yeah.
0: Anyway, lots of Pauls. Uh, so next time, uh, when Caulfield's contract's up for, uh, you know, renewal, watch out for, you know, his dad telling him what to do.
1: And <laughs> before Caulfield signs for $10 million.
0: <laughs> Yeah, holds out.
1: Yeah, so a few days ago, Chicago uh, fired Jeremy Carlton, their head coach. Um, Derek King is the interim coach, but... Uh, thoughts on thoughts on that
0: i mean when it gets to the point where the coach is literally letting the the players drop the play before like a power play and stuff you kind of (laughs) know that uh he's probably not long for this world yeah you probably lost the
1: room at that point
0: yeah it's like here you go you guys draw it up you guys won't do what i say so you might as well make your own play yeah and uh, apparently he just was making some weird decisions, and like
1: we well, start the season two, nine, and two, and yeah there's there's something going on there
0: oh like i I saw like some people who watched more of the Blackhawks were saying like they ha- he had like he was running some like weird combination of like zone and man to man defense, and it just wasn't working, so he tried um, to go
1: big brain like Dallas Aikens did in Edmonton, and it just didn't work,
0: yeah, it's like let's shake things up um. You've got like Patrick Kane on your team. What do you like? What do you need to do? Like, why do you need to make like such? You don't need to reinvent the wheel. Like, <laughs>
1: yeah, Patrick Kane has single-handedly taken that team into the playoffs before. I don't think you need to do a whole lot.
0: <laughs> yeah, your game plan should literally be: give Kane the puck.
1: <laughs> yeah, give Kane the puck. Let him skate around and then see if he can find DeBrinket. That's it.
0: Yeah. So everyone else can stay on the bench. <laughs> but anyway, his like his defensive like, you know. Style or whatever his system, it was apparent it wasn't working because, like you know, flurry had saw like saw like more high danger chances than he did like in his previous year in Vegas or, or like his previous like three years or Vegas or something within like the first couple weeks in Chicago. So it's like you know they've got a obviously they've got like a overall lower lower talent level defense, but. You know it shouldn't be ne- that crazy of a difference in yeah. the NHL.
1: What do you What do you mean? They have Seth Jones now.
0: Yeah, they've got <laughs> Seth Jones, um, Connor Murphy.
1: Um, but yeah, that that basically says it all. That you can't give up that many high danger chances in your first like ten games and expect to have any sort of success.
0: Yeah, I mean, like if you look at their like. Defense, like who else do they even have? Like,
1: is Dahan playing right now? Or is he hurt?
0: I think he's in. Yeah, Seth Jones, Calvin Dahan, Jake McCabe, Connor Murphy, Riley Stillman, Eric Gustafson. Um, so it's not like I thought we were naming defenders here. <laughs> yeah, so it's not uh, not ideal, but you know, it's not like Gustafson's playing like thirty minutes a night. He's probably playing like five, um, if at all, but a team with a
1: team with that level of defense should be closer to the middle probably where they were last season. I imagine not second last in the league.
0: Yeah. So, and they've got like, they've got quite a few young forwards, so they're going to make some mistakes and stuff, but you know, they, they shouldn't be that crazy bad. So I think it's good, uh, that they, they fired him cause it was time. Um, I think during his whole time with the the team, he was making some weird line combinations, and fans were always upset at just some of the decisions he was making. So, you kind know, of a long time coming. And then, you know, it's it's also I think it's kind of good for the team to just kind of clear house a little bit. Um, you know, not that Colleton was around when any of that other stuff happened, but it's like, it's just uh, it's just kind of like <laughs> mental break. Let's see, bring somebody else in. Shift the players' focus back onto playing. Um, I want to give some kudos actually to Patrick Kane because in his first comments on the whole Kyle Beach thing, he came across as being like, you know, uh, you know, kind of like similar to like Taves, where it's like, you know, the guys are good guys, and you know, they might not have known what they were talking about, but he had like a second, um, I don't know, I guess comments or someone asked him again about it like a couple days later and he actually said like, I'm, I'm sorry for what I said. Like, you know, it took away from Kyle and, um, you know, uh, he just kind of apologized for kind of coming from a place of ignorance. And then, uh, I guess a wag of the finger here to, to Jonathan Taves because he kind of doubled down on when he was asked about it again. And he just totally misunderstood. Like he said, like, Oh, I didn't want to try and take away from Kyle or anything. um, it was just it was just weird. Like He just totally missed the point about why people were upset with him about what he said. And yeah. he thought that he was taking attention away from Kyle. But it was like, no, that's not why people are mad at you. They're mad at you because you're siding, essentially, with the guys who were pieces of shit. You're not expressing any sort of empathy for what Kyle went through and your own part in that. All you had to say was, like, we fucked up, you know, blah, blah, blah. So, anyway, it was like Patrick Kane, of all people, you know, has his rough spots with PR and everything. But he was able to say, I'm sorry, and blah, blah, blah. Whereas Jonathan Taves, who's always been kind of considered like a more of a stand up guy or whatever, just kind of completely missed the point. And so it's like, it's really hard to. uh, There's just such that that there's like that culture in hockey where it's like, you know, teammates and blah, blah, blah. And I don't know. It just. Just completely missing the point like that on the second yeah. time after having a few days to kind of think about it. It was really, really weird to see. I mean, other... did you see. Did you see those comments?
1: I did, yeah. So I, I saw Kane, you know, he kind of stepped back and realized that he kind of was quite dismissive and ignorant in the first comments he made. He did kind of clear things over. You know, like you said, Taves doubled down. He didn't really get it publicly. I don't know. I don't know what he's at, where he's at right now, but that he's not really, doesn't seem to really understand the severity of the situation, and doesn't really do a lot to help dispel the possibility that he was involved in the cover up, in in not not taking action or not encouraging the team to take action or whatever. Um, I want to give out another finger wag to Duncan Keith too, because he you know he's been asked multiple times and he's always like oh i don't know i don't know anything i don't know anything and then he got asked again and he was kind of like i didn't i didn't agree cuz he he's he was one of the players who refused to be interviewed for the investigation and he said he refused to be interviewed because i didn't think i had anything to anything helpful to say and you know he says he regrets it now if i could go back i would do it but he's like I didn't have anything to to say so I didn't think it would help and then he also says oh I had just been traded to Edmonton so it was a busy week for me and I wasn't thinking straight it's like dude really cuz you could have just said your agent told your agent to be like okay I'll do that in a week when the things settle down you know like why is why is this trade why is the trade that you forced the team to make to a specific team you knew you were going to get traded you knew where you were going to be traded to Why is that such a stressful week that you can't tell your agent to uh, push this interview into a significant investigation, you know, back a week while you settle down? The whole thing, like, he's just really, um, he's really missed the mark on everything, and it just really sucks to now, you know, have to watch him on on the team that I cheer for.
0: Yeah, really kind of cast a shadow on his involvement in the whole thing if you're not willing to be open and talk about it it's like if you have nothing to hide you know why wouldn't you be willing to take part in that conversation yeah um and if you choose not to like it it just makes you look terrible so even if you are completely innocent and didn't know anything it's like you're choosing to look like you are not that way um what Just, like, the like- thing
1: too is like he's gonna go and get asked about locker room dynamics and give information on you know who talks to who who does what who like which little clicks are in in the locker room and stuff like all of that is useful information to figuring out what's going on and you know where this spreads in their locker room whether or not you knew what happened is it doesn't it doesn't exactly matter because you're still going to be able to provide information on the room, the players, the the dynamics of what's going on. And that can be helpful in figuring out, like, what happened, why it was, you know, shut down, why people weren't doing anything about it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's instead, a you just make it look team. like you
1: didn't do anything yourself and you don't want to actually have to be held accountable for it.
0: Exactly. Um, yeah, and um, I guess while we're on this finger wig whatever the other one is, uh, kudos. Um, the, um, uh, Kevin Sheldayoff uh, guess kudos to him because the only person that identified that he was in those meetings and in those conversations was him. Nobody else had mentioned he was there or anything and when he was asked to partake in it, he did and he mentioned he was there and exactly what happened and so it's like that's that's the way you should do things it's like you know yes i was there this is what i was there for this is what i heard blah 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 you know and that's someone who's got nothing to hide right it's like you know i was there this is what happened i remember that you know this is basically all you had to contribute
1: was i was i was there i was called in last minute to this meeting that i didn't really know much about i learned about the situation. And the, you know, my superior said they were going to handle it. And that was the last I heard of it until Aldrich got released a couple weeks later. And I figured that was their solution. Or that was the the investigation that they had talked about. You know, that's someone who doesn't have anything to hide because he's like, here's exactly what happened from my perspective. I was the only one that knew I was there.
0: Yeah. So he contributed new information to the investigation saying he was in the room for one of those meetings. And just said exactly what happened. It's like,
1: yeah. Like even if you don't know what happened, even if you you're telling the truth and you don't know what happened, sit in and talk about the situation and what's going or the the locker room at the time and the players and the conversations and stuff that was going on,
0: yeah, yeah, I mean Duncan Keith has always been a weirdo, so that's just you know another kind of nail in the coffin for you know who he is as a person outside of hockey, like whatever his talent level is on the ice, it's like man you kind of you either have something you need to hide or you missed a real opportunity here to be on the right side of you know the conversation yeah by choosing to just stay quiet it's it speaks volumes about who you are and what you what you value and you know so anyway it's just weird um very very bizarre but what what do you expect from someone who thinks red lights can I don't know, boost his health and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. Um, so, yeah, the, the other thing that I have is that um, Carolina finally lost. I take great solace in that. <laughs> they finally <laughs> lost. They, they lost were... to the Florida Panthers. Okay. Um, And so... They, they they But they did go down like 4-0 in the first, and they kind of made it more of a game. So I think they just kind of had a slow start and didn't really bring their A game. Um, but, you know, they're still a great team. But, oh, yeah, it took Florida to, to beat them. So it they're not the, going to go 82-0. and 0, confirmed. Yeah, Was
1: Florida the other undefeated team, or did they lose before that?
0: I think they had lost before that. Um, and so I think Carolina was the
1: last. Oh, yeah, they did. They did. Actually, no, they didn't. They lost in a shootout. So they were oh. technically... They were undefeated in regulation heading into Carolina. Ah. And then they lost to the Rangers after Carolina, so they're also defeated now, technically.
0: Yeah. So the last the last have fallen. <laughs> yeah.
1: I think... What was that, like, the first time in NHL history two teams were, like, 9 or 10-0? and 0?
0: Probably. I know it was... Like the first time, I think that or teams nine were
1: like, nine zero. Carolina's only won nine games.
0: <laughs> I think it was the first time this year that like you know a team in each division or something had gone like six and zero or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, you gotta hope that uh, Colorado turns it around here soon. Um, a slow oh, start.
1: Damn. They are um, they are twenty seventh in the league right now. They're stuck between powerhouses, Dallas and Seattle. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, like they are only like four or five and one. So it's like not yeah. too crazy, but it's like, you know, Minnesota's eight, three, and zero. so, you know, th- sooner or later, they're going to have to try and turn it around here. Yeah. Um,
1: they got it. They got a lot of catching up to do because it's hard to make up those points.
0: Yeah. So that's, that's kind of the one team that I'm really kind of keeping an eye on because like, they're. What's going to happen there? Are they going to stay there and have like a really disappointing year, or are they going to turn it around? They pop just back want up in to on the be?
1: top draft pick this year. I think it's supposed to be a deep draft, so they just went in.
0: Yeah, just real quick, give us a draft pick that we can immediately yeah. put into our lineup if, for next if year. If they even
1: have a first, actually. I don't even know if they
0: do. <laughs> Pro- probably not. No, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have a first or a second or a fourth. So don't tank. Yeah.
1: This is the wrong season to tank Colorado.
0: <laughs> Somebody tell Sakik. <laughs> Alright, well I think that's, that's probably probably it for the week.
1: That wraps things up for this time here on Clappercast. Make sure you rate and review this episode and toss a follow or subscribe our way. For more content, you can follow us on Facebook or Instagram at Clappercast Media or on Twitter at Clappercast. Thank you all for tuning in and we'll be back next week with more hockey talk.